This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people, and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome to the Full Press Fantasy Pod, part of Full Press Coverage. My name is Kyle Senra, and joining me is my co-host, Brad Harvin. How you doing, Brad? Hey, Kyle. Uh, doing great down here in Jacksonville, uh, enjoying some sunshine. Unfortunately, a little bit of pollen, which is uh, definitely affecting uh, our family a little bit. Uh, but yeah, man, do- doing great. Uh, just uh, counting down the days to, to the draft. I mean, it's uh, right around the corner. And once again, my uh, Jacksonville Jaguars got that number one pick. So uh a lot, lot of buzz around here. A lot of, lot of chirping. A lot of, lot of people trying to figure out what's going to go on with that number one pick. But, uh, uh, but yeah, man, do, doing great. How about yourself? Yeah, doing well. I know. Recently on the pod, we've talked so much about trades. Last episode was entirely dedicated to NFL trades, fantasy football trades. Really, we've been talking trades. You know, two, three weeks in a row. Tabling the trade talk. Finally. We're going to get to the free agent signings because there has been a ton and we really haven't addressed it at all. And it's been, uh, you know, you know, two, three weeks of it nonstop. So uh, yeah. all the crazy trade talks out of the way. I think we could finally get to these free agents here, Brad. Fair. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're certainly going to need a full episode to uh, go over these uh, this list of uh, characters that are uh, trading trading teams or or get or staying with their team. So, yeah craziest free agency period i've ever seen i mean absolutely think about absolutely. how many teams broke up like the cooey team completely gone uh the dunstone team. oh wait sorry that's curling free agency that's also pretty crazy this year like an insane <laughs> amount but we're talking nfl free agency here on the fancy football podcast mostly because like fancy curling doesn't really exist like i do it but like <laughs> there's only websites to do it so uh <laughs> yeah let's get something a little more conventional shall we uh so that sounds but, good you know who you know what 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 better way than to talk about quarterbacks right everyone loves quarterbacks that's that's the the face of the nfl even the 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 more casual fans know probably 
Aaron Rodgers, I don't know about Kirk Cousins, but basically those are the two biggest quarterback free agency contracts side. And it's just extensions with the team. Rodgers, three-year extension, 150 million. Kirk wow. Cousins, one-year extension for 36 million. So uh, right. looks like Cousins, again, uh, this is one year on top of the year I already had. So like Cousins still has two years left under contract with the Vikings. Technically Rodgers has five years left with the Packers. Looking at the right. dead cap, he three for sure is basically what it sure. is yeah yeah i mean i, I think uh you know not not too big of a surprise especially with the packers although i, I was i was kind of curious about uh, what, what the vikings were going to do with our kirk, kirk cousins but i mean i mean I, I i know how you feel about him i mean he's certainly pretty steady he's got got some weapons up there um i mean they haven't really made a huge push in the playoffs or anything like that. I, I mean, they've certainly uh, dealt with a ton of injury, a ton of injuries, a lot of uh, losses to uh, free agency last year, uh, rebuilding their defense, uh, which, uh, you know, of course, uh, t- takes a while. So, I mean, I was a little surprised because there was some chatter about uh, Cousins maybe, uh, you know, getting shipped off. But, uh, you know, w- once the smoke cleared, I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised that he, uh, you know, stayed in Minnesota. Yeah, I think uh, the thing with Cousins is like he's he's probably someone you're not even really worried dynasty wise about yeah. being in Minnesota. Like right. he seems like he's played so well that when that con- like if Minnesota ever decides to just let him walk or or trade him away, like he's gonna probably continue to start as long as he so. wants to, as long as his game stays at the level it's been at right now. He was sure, second sure. in the league in touchdown interception ratio. Yeah, and it's funny that we're talking about Rogers Cousins because I know for a while in fantasy last year, like they were close pretty much identical in points per game, like one after the other. I think Rogers by the end of the year got a few more touchdowns kind of pull away, but they're really not that different fantasy wise. So uh, kind of should be in, in similar tiers. I know like the dynasty rankings they're to me, they're both outside the top 12, but they're probably right. Like, you know, top 15, maybe, maybe one of them is 15 or, and the other one's 16, but like right in that, that sure high higher end qb2 range i think dynasty value wise because there's going to be players that are that they they are out producing that they're behind in dynasty value just the, the youngsters from last year right um so um you know you, you kind of take that with just as part of, of of their value which probably means kirk cousins is going to be a value again in drafts so he's going to be someone i'm probably going to gravitate towards and, and want to draft again just like the last few seasons really to, to me he's almost you know, I think back the old school one QB games leagues, Philip Rivers. Right? Like no one, no one ever really liked Philip Rivers as oh, he's going to be the game changer you want to get early, but you know he's going to produce us. Like he's he's just going to keep throwing. They're going to give him tons of attempts. Sure. He's going to throw the yards. He's just going to accumulate the numbers, and that's all you want in fantasy. Uh, so he was always like a, a a target at the end of the first uh, at the end of if single quarterback leagues. Now that we've a, a right. evolved more to super flex. Still, though, I think Cousins is, is still going in a, in a cheap enough range where he becomes valuable again. Right. And uh, if I can just uh, kind of interrupt the uh, free agent talk a little bit and kind of, uh, you know, go back to the dynasty mindset. So when you're when you're looking at your rankings, like how far, I guess, is, is your projection? Is it like three years, four years, five years? I'm just kind of kind of curious because I, I I'm obviously want to try and put together uh, some dynasty rankings myself to, you know, kind of share with you and uh, have you pick them apart and, and or pat me on the back, whichever way. But I, I just kind of wanted to see, you know, what that kind of mindset is out there and, and for our listeners. It, it's funny because, the, the you know, the question might be, 
at most three years, like you probably don't want to predict it's it's really tough to predict anything further than three years out. Like we really don't know what the landscape of the NFL is going to be. Just just think about three years ago, uh, like you know twenty after the twenty eighteen season, Todd Gurley was the number one guy, and it's already sure. been two years we haven't seen him, or right. a year yeah. we haven't seen him in a yeah, full season in, gotcha. without him in the league, right? So things can just change so quickly that I think going any further than three years is probably some might even say three years is too much, and really only should look even two or one year at a time because wow. I guess the yeah. The thing again, having you know Lawrence Fields, Lance ranked ahead of guys like Stafford and Rodgers, it's maybe not admitting it's not all about production either. Why we're ranking these in, specifically with Dynasty when it comes gotcha. to redraft, but everything is going to be based on what I think will be the most points. But with Dynasty, you get yeah, sure. the, the aspect of trade value as well because trading okay. is so proficient. So maybe someone who doesn't, you know, is, is in a Dynasty mindset where they don't trade at all they'd also rank differently than than I would. So I think it's a mix of production, but with value, but production does obviously impact value. Uh, Again, not so much for Lawrence Lance and fields who didn't really all produce that well last year, but still are ranked as top 12 quarterbacks. So that again, the the trade value expectation. So that is part of the production. Like you're saying, you are looking further than one year away. Sure. So yeah, I, I think, Three years is probably a good gap. I think that's probably the, the most you want to, and it still gives you enough of, you know, to there respect to the age and, and kind of where a player will be in, in three years from now, what you want to view with that value. Yeah, understood. So th- three is the magic number, and but you can kind of also uh, look at two. So, uh, all right, yeah, that sounds good. I, yeah, thanks for uh, answering that. So I'll, uh, I'll start uh, getting to work here soon. Well, speaking of two-year contract, one more quarterback, actually, I guess these are the third highest quarterback contract signed in this period. Uh, outside, of course, of like a, you know, I guess Russell Wilson didn't really sign an extension, did he, with the Broncos? I guess he did, yeah. I believe he did. Uh, but anyway, so like Watson, Wilson were traded and signed extensions. But I mean, just pure either re-signing with the team or going to a new team uh, extension types. Uh, so you were talking about two-year window. Well, that's kind of what Jameis Winston now has with the Saints. Uh, right. Two-year, $28 million deal, which is, I mean, I, I think last year, the last couple of years, they've been paying him a million, two million, mm-hmm. like really not not really starting quarterback money. Right. And this is not Aaron Rodgers. It's funny because it's, you know, it's not really $150 million over three years because his cap it this year is not even $30 million. But gotcha. regardless, uh, it, it is it is like 200 million over five years though that that much is true um wow so it's not that kind of money but 14 million per year is definitely kind of i guess rewarding winston for last season where he actually had i I believe these these are the three quarterbacks with the the best touchdown interception ratio last year were rogers cousins and winston i think russell wilson came into and and the thing the thing with winston and wilson both hurt right so they've only played half a season so like the interception numbers especially are really low uh, like Winston only threw four last year, which is still on a per game basis am- amazing for him because of exactly, we've seen him, exactly. you know, go two per game as opposed to, sure. you know, one every two games, right? Like right. that, that's that's remarkable in itself. And I guess the Saints kind of rewarded him. So his, suppose like, you know, looking at his dynasty value, if you are looking two, three years down the line, maybe three years that doesn't affect the value too much, but knowing that he he's likely the starter there for two seasons is mm-hmm. better than what the situation's been last few years where it's been year to year. Like even last year, even up till they, they right. announced the week one starter, we weren't really sure that Winston was going to beat Taysom Hill. There was a lot of, a lot of smoke, obviously that turned out to be just fluff, but 
you know, that, that, that threat I think is gone. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it looks like he is certainly a entrenched in that position in new Orleans. And now, now, now that he's getting paid, it's a, you know, time to see if, if, if he can follow up what he, what he's been doing. And uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, to, to mention James Winston in the same breath as uh, Aaron Rodgers, even Kirk cousins, as far as, you know, uh, you know, the touchdown inter- interception ratio, that's a, uh, you know, pretty much night and day between his, uh, you know, his last, last few uh, days in uh, Tampa before um, Brady went there. So, you know, uh, maybe, you know, a little, little bit of redemption down and in the big easy and uh, see if uh, Winston can capitalize these next couple of years. Survivor 46 is here. And so is on fire. The only official survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. So we're going to change here, change tunes to quarterbacks changing teams. Specifically looking at two guys that I would say it look to be the starters right now. And it's, it's fine. We're talking about like, Hey, Winston only making 14 million per year. It's not quite the, even like a Derek Carr who's making, you know, almost 30 million a year, maybe even upwards of 30. I can't even remember what he's at, but it's, it's definitely up there where it's like doubling up what Winston's making. These next two guys are even making less per year than Winston. So we've got Marcus Mariota. It's, it's a two-year contract with it's supposedly worth 18.75 million. It's really, I looked it up. It's, it's really a one-year contract that I think is, I think about nine, 10 million of it, or maybe even a little less than that. It's maybe actually, yeah, I think it's closer to seven or 8 million. And then a one-year option, which I think is more, is closer to like 12 million. So I think that's kind of how that all ends up working out. So it kind of does feel like it could, you, you know, again, dynasty, you'd maybe consider this more one-year uh, contract to, to kind of play it safe, but Looks like Marcus Mariota will be the, or at least right now, is penciled in as the starter for the Atlanta Falcons. And we talked about right. it last time, uh, Matt Ryan getting traded away to the Colts. So now that vacancy at quarterback, Marcus Mariota steps in and, and uh, fills that role. And then real quick, another quarterback that was a backup last year looks to be the starter this year. Mitch Trubisky signed a two-year contract with the Steelers worth $14.25 million. So again, it, it Similar to, to Mariota. I think Mariota's making about seven million this year, and that's what that's basically what Tris, Trubisky's average is for this year. But again, looking to be the starters in, in both cases. And, and really both quarterbacks kind of have that running ability, can gain the rushing yards, and you know how much I like that. So uh just sure. like, I guess real quick, both in Dynasty and in redraft, who would you prefer just between those two quarterbacks changing teams, Marcus Mariota or Mitch Trubisky? Uh I mean it's uh you know, it's, it's a great question. I mean, they're both uh, certainly coming back, lo- looking for a chance to uh, to prove them to prove themselves, prove uh, prove their uh, you know wh- where where they were drafted. I mean, uh, Mariota was uh, I guess second behind Winston uh, that that year, and uh, 
and Trubisky yeah. was second. Both of them are yeah. second oh, overall oh, picks. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, I forgot. Uh, yeah. That, that, I didn't, that didn't I, occur I, to me either. Good good point, Brad. I, well, I knew the Bears moved up. I, wow, I didn't know they went up a second. Okay, so um, – but, uh, but yeah, I mean, just, just an opportunity uh, to, to do things, but – from a, a dynasty standpoint, even a redraft standpoint, I'm going to, I'm going to lean towards uh Trubisky and, and it's kind of hard to say that, but at the same time, I, I like his weapons. I mean, having uh, Deontay Johnson up there, uh, having a uh, Friar coming back after his, uh, you know, nice rookie campaign, having a solid established running back, another, another second year uh, player and uh, Najee Harris and, and, uh, and a better defense. I mean, so uh, d- defense is, is going to help out, the quarterback, you know, take off a little bit of pressure. Um, I mean, I, I, I would lean towards Trubisky as far as a skill set. I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, there was a for, for a couple years there when uh, Mariota was in a, uh, I guess with the Raiders. I, I guess it was uh, Oakland and now Las Vegas. Uh, I, I guess both those times there was chatter about you know that they wanted um, Mariota to to uh, take over and they were ready to write Carr off until uh, Carr had his little resurgence. So uh, I'm, I'm certainly not sold on what Atlanta's got uh, weapon-wise for uh, Mariota. I mean, it's, a, it's a pretty much an empty cupboard, but, I mean, free agency is still going on. I mean, uh, kind of like, you know, it, 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 it's still out there. The, the names aren't necessarily there. I imagine they're going to address a lot of it in the, uh, in the draft. Uh, but if I would have to lean towards one in Dynasty or, or redraft, this time it would be a Trubisky. What are your thoughts there? I think the point of the weapons, right? I mean, you know, you compare Kyle Pitts right now, you know, say whatever you want about his talent right now. He's not a better receiver than Deontay Johnson. So right off the bat of like, who's your number one receiver. I'd rather be a quarterback be tied to Deontay than to Kyle Pitts. But then it's, that's probably the only, like if you, if you match up, like who's the the best receiver on Pittsburgh to Atlanta, and then who's the second best and third best. Mm -hmm. That's probably the closest one, to be honest. Cause you're right Right. after that, it's, it's pretty barren. And then, You've got, like you're saying, you know, Pat, honestly, Pitts is closer to Pat Frymuth than he is to Deontay Johnson. And yeah. Frymuth, you know, if Claypool can really step back to what he was maybe as a rookie, Frymuth's really the third option with Pittsburgh. Right, right. And so, you know, the Canadian Claypool, got to mention that. I know maybe <laughs> disappointing season last year, but let's see if Trubisky can kind of make it work. I mean, he, he's made it work with those, you know, a jump ball, bigger body receiver like Allen Robinson, for instance. So right. I think that's something that, that can function. And like you said, Najee Harris, how many, I mean, I think he was, he was definitely top five in rookies uh, in running back story in receptions. Right. Yeah. I, I, I think he might've been second or third, like might, yeah. Eckler might've been the only one with more um, and he was yeah. definitely up there and it's pretty impressive. So he, maybe he won't get as many passes from Trubisky, but if they're pushing the ball downfield more, it also means maybe better offense efficiency, but that, that's more about Harris than it is Trubisky. So yeah, if you look strictly at the weapons, I agree with you that Trubisky does seem to be the better option. Now you're mm-hmm. saying the defense though, that almost, I think almost hurts him having the better defense because Mariota may have to throw more pass attempts. Now, maybe we want both those guys running more than throwing, but right. the volume wise Mariota might outproduce Trubisky just based on efficiency. And I think at this point, it's tough to, to say much security with either. I think there's the risk of either team could draft a rookie quarterback and they're really right. saying, okay, these, these veterans here, Trubisky and Mariota, you've got to fight off the rookie just to play games this year, let alone next season. So if there's not much long-term value, it, it really is who can score the most points. And yeah, I, I kind of think I might be leaning Trubisky there 
just to get okay. maybe the defense working against it. But I, th- but maybe it's neutralized by the pass catchers, which is why I think this is a really interesting conversation. People may be having to make right. this decision right now. So, yeah, I, I guess my other concern with Trubisky is uh, just going into, I, I think, a more pressure packed situation. I mean, he he was drafted by Chicago. We, we know how. Uh, rabid and avid the you know Chicago Bears fans can be and and I I truly believe there was there was a big following for Trubisky they wanted him to do well um, I mean he certainly flashed you know several times and and but it wasn't consistent at all so uh, you know going from uh, Chicago and now now to Pittsburgh obviously you know can't really describe their fan base uh, you know any more than. Um, probably right up there with, with the bears, if, if not more. Uh, and so I am, I do have a little, little concern with, you know, I guess his mental uh, stability and, and everything on, on how to do that, but may, maybe the year away uh, going into, uh, you know, going into uh, Buffalo, watching them succeed, being behind uh, Josh Allen, kind of learning, you know, learning some new things, being, being with some different coaches, obviously the coaches staff is going to be a, a, a huge uh, plus I would imagine for uh, Trubisky. Uh, so, I mean, I, I'm definitely interested to see how he uh, mentally, uh, you know, makes that change to uh, Pittsburgh. But to be fair, I'm also really excited about Marcus Mariota working with sure. um, Arthur Smith. Yeah, his old. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm, yep. Yeah, yeah, I guess there would have been some crossover there. I mean, yeah, at they, least they maybe were... not when Smith was the offensive coordinator, but certainly when maybe, maybe there might have been a season of yeah. that. But certainly right. when he was the tight ends coach, we right. saw the success with Delaney Walker. Right. Oh, yeah. Jaguar killer Delaney Walker. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, uh, yeah. So I think they'll be really close, but I think with Mariota seems like he's locked in to be the starter again, unless they draft a rookie and they want that rookie to start. Whereas Trubisky, they haven't named him the starter. They've said it's going to be a competition, Mason Rudolph and the newly re-signed Dwayne Haskins. Uh, so we'll get to the backup quarterbacks real quick here and starting with Haskins, they actually put a, uh, a restricted free agent tender on him for 2.54 million. So I think Trubisky is going to win that job. I think based on what he's shown, he's better than Haskins and Rudolph. So it, it shouldn't yeah. be too long before he gets that job, but I guess there's still that uncertainty of he's maybe, <clears throat> maybe fighting against those guys or even through OTAs. Whereas again, if, if the Falcons do draft a rookie and they kind of say it's the Trey Lance red shirt year project, then Mario right. just seems like he's safe for the season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it it, it could be a, a battle uh, up in Pittsburgh, but I mean, I, I do think uh, Trubisky is gonna uh, be trotting out on a you know the first day, first game, so it should be should be should be safe. Okay, let's round up with those backup quarterbacks real quick. Let's do it. So mm-hmm. we've got uh, Tyrod Taylor signing a two-year, eleven million dollar contract with the New York Giants. Teddy Bridgewater, a one-year deal. 6.5 million to yeah, yeah. Uh, with the dolphins. And then of course the dolphins, because they didn't have a backup because jo- Jacoby Brissett left for the Browns on a one-year contract worth 4.65 million. And then uh, I guess full circle back to Jameis Winston. It looks like his backup this year will actually be Andy Dalton signing a $3 oh, million wow. dollar contract for one season. Okay. Um, it's tough to, I think, rank the backup quarterbacks in other than Tyrod's the runner. Like if he's in, he can get the rushing touchdowns. Like he's almost the one you'd prefer out of those four, at least for me, just because when he's in the game, I'm with you on that. You don't yeah. have to just rely on him throwing the touchdowns. He could maybe yeah. run them in. So, and he can get the rushing yards. So, sure. it, and honestly, like offensive coaching staffs, probably the, the one you trust the most actually with Brian Dable, 
with the Giants. Yeah. I mean, maybe I maybe it's a turnover there now. Yeah, sure. Nick, you know, Stefanski seems like he will see what certainly a quarterback upgrade it looks like. Uh, well, I don't know if Brissett's an upgrade over Mayfield. I guess actually Mayfield's still on the roster too. So that's kind of a complicated thing. Uh, but yeah, I think if you're going to prioritize any of those four, and, and you know, we can include Haskins in the backups and five, I, I think it's Tyrod. So yeah, it seems like you agree with me there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think Taylor would be the one to uh, keep an eye on and, and possibly, you know, a stash in a, in a, in a deep league, something like that. Cause I mean, uh, who, who knows, you know, which Daniel Jones we're going to see. So, yeah, I think these quarterbacks are all kind of worth rostered in, in, in super flex leagues. Maybe not Haskins. Like that's one where if you, if you don't really care about those, those other Steelers quarterbacks outside of Trubisky, uh, then yeah, that's fair. They, maybe those are the only ones that could drop. Yeah. I would definitely in, in Superflex league want to roster Brissett thinking, you know, if there's, if they do get rid of Mayfield, he may start game this year with a Watson suspension. Right. And then I think with Bridgewater and Taylor, it's both kind of hedging against those young quarterbacks, Daniel yeah. Jones to if they have I me mean, and again, anyone can get hurt too. So that's why, you never know exactly. like the, the value of these quarterbacks is going to go up, but during a game when you can't really just address it for free with the knowledge, right. As soon as we know that they're going to start a game, they, they go up. So it's, that's part of the conviction of fantasy football. And I guess in, in key and super flex leagues, especially deeper dynasty leagues is to just have these guys on roster before the news breaks. Yep. Absolutely. Sounds well, big good. news, actually, Brad, I want to hear from you in, in particular here talking about your Jaguars. Because they uh, made quite a few uh, big free agent signings, especially at the, the skill positions, spe- specifically at the pass catching positions. So right. uh, giving Trevor Lawrence some weapons here, losing DJ Chark, and we'll get to that, his lane spot in a sec, uh, losing him in free agency. But they've signed Christian Kirk on a four-year, $72 million contract. And this is, the, uh, again, talking like, a, you know, it's funny. This is the big contract of the, the right. free agents right now, uh, outside of the, again, the re-signing with your own team. And uh, so like, it's not bigger than Aaron Rodgers' contract, for instance, and, and none of the like tra- the, the wide receivers, for instance, who were traded and, and signed massive extensions, Adams and Hill, right. just pure free agent signings. This one was the biggest in terms of total dollars. Uh, one of the longer contracts as well, the four years with Christian Kirk. Now the Jags also signed Zay Jones for three, uh, three years, $24 million. Mm-hmm. And then, this is a wide receiver section I wanted to open, but just real quick talking about Evan Ingram also signing a one-year contract with the Jaguars. Sure. So big situation in Jacksonville here, Brad, with, with a big wide receiver room. That's kind of no obvious number one. So I'm curious to get your thoughts about this new wide receiver depth chart. Well, uh, the, the goal for, for, for the off season was certainly to uh, get, get some, get some pieces around Trevor Lawrence. I mean, when, when you're trotting out, uh, Jamal Agnew, uh, 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 Laquan Treadwell as, as wide receivers. And, um, you know, there, there, there's just no separation uh, necessarily. Now, I mean, of course, Agnew had a, had a nice one or two nice games. Treadwell had a nice game, but you're certainly looking for some consistency there. Um, when it comes to Christian Kirk, I certainly think they overpaid. I think all of America thinks they overpaid for him. Um, I don't mind the four years. I mean, he's still, you know, a relatively young, young guy uh, can come in. He certainly learned out under some, uh, you know, stellar, stellar wide receivers out in Arizona, whether it's uh, Larry Fitzgerald, even AJ green last year. Uh, so, but, but you're right. I mean, is he, is he a number one on paper? Not, not right now. Uh, could he morph into something like that? 
Uh, I mean, it's possible. He, he definitely showed some uh, big play uh, capabilities. Uh, I personally was uh, a little um, – I was more on the Mike Williams train uh, to come to Jacksonville. Uh, I, I would have uh, preferred him, but, of course, uh, his news uh, came out a little earlier than Christian Kirk, but I, will, I, I know we'll uh, talk about him but um, later. But uh, And then uh, Zay Jones, uh, I mean – a little bit of a head scratcher uh, for me, especially uh, especially that price tag. But once again, I mean, I, I, they they certainly didn't want want to. They, they weren't afraid to uh, open up the uh, the wallet and and uh, and make some make some make some noise. I mean, uh, he's coming here. Uh, you know, I, I I think he he does he barely has over a thousand yards in his career. If I if I if I uh, read that right, but uh, I mean, he certainly had the speed. Um, I imagine what the Jaguars are looking for is separation because that is something that the wide receivers certainly lack last year. If a uh, Kirk can, if Kirk and Zay Jones can do that for them, that's going to free up, free up, uh, their newly signed, uh, tight end Evan, Evan Egram, who's uh, giants. Uh, he's battled, a, uh, you know, cases of injuries of, of the drops. Uh, he was, you know, pretty much, uh, in my opinion, it seemed like he was forced out of town a little bit, uh, you know, kind of, he kind of, kind of gave up on him. So yeah, come on down to Jacksonville, uh, join, um, join Dan Arnold. I mean, I, I think it's a nice piece because uh, Arnold cert- certainly showed that he could do some things for the Jaguars last year, but, and Egren certainly has the potential, has the athleticism. If he can find his hands and uh, find some open spots in the zone, uh, for uh, you know, second year quarterback uh, Trevor Lawrence, you know maybe he can make some noise. I, it was just a one year contract, but um, it, you know if he impresses enough, he, he could be uh, down here for a while. So all in all, uh, yeah, the, the Kirk was the Kirk signing was quite quite a uh, quite a load financially, but uh, I, I I think they're still going to be looking for uh, for wide receiver. I was going to say at thirty three, but they may have to uh, move up in the draft uh, with uh, all the other. Um, you know, with, with, uh, Tariq Hill leaving and, and, uh, uh, Devontae Adams. I, I think that that opens up some spots for, uh, both the Packers and the chiefs to, uh, you know, make some runs in, in the draft as well. I almost got the impression the Packers might've gone receiver, even if they didn't trade Adams. So True. Yeah. it well, seems like there's going to be a lot help, of right? good yeah. guys going and we'll, we'll yeah. talk to some rookies later when, <laughs> but <clears throat> I guess my question with, with the Jags, Let's take out draft price. We really don't know, especially in redraft, where their, their costs are going to be. Even in Dynasty, it's kind of all over the place. Which pass catcher do you want the most in Jacksonville? And that can not just include the free agents, but includes the guys that were there before, like Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault. You mentioned Dan Arnold. So you've got, again, these three new guys. you got those three older guys. Sure. I mean, you could even include Jamal Agnew, although coming off the injury, probably not someone I think we want to rely on take special teams at most for him so let's yeah. we'll take jamal Agu out of it there's really six guys where any of them could lead the team in reception so who who are you pegging right now if you can put your name on on any of them to be the best fantasy producer who do you think it's right well I, I don't know if it was around this time last year or maybe uh, maybe about 10 months uh, 10 months ago but I, I certainly put my name on uh marvin jones being the leading receiver even with dj chark uh being there just because i felt that his veteran presence would be helpful to helpful to lawrence uh of course uh, chark ended up getting um getting injured which and so um so marvin jones uh, you know uh, led, led the team in, in receptions but so right now I, I would say that 
with that price tag, it has to be Christian Kirk. Uh, I think he's going to be the one that's going to, you know, be forced the ball in, in uh, certain situations. I think uh, LaVisca Chenault, uh, there's rumors about him being shopped around here. I would not be surprised if, uh, if that is the case that, uh, that this new coaching staff is, you know, seen it, seen enough in the last, uh, you know, couple of years that of, of exactly what Chenault is and um, maybe uh, fishing, fishing him out there for, for another pick or something like that. So at this point right now, uh, I, I would uh, lean towards uh, Kirk being the leading receiver for um, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. I, I was kind of getting that same pressure. I mean, the money makes it obvious, but if, if they're saying we're paying you for a reason that they, they must prioritize a certain yeah, skill set. I would think so. Yeah. I do like you calling out Jones though. Cause I still think he still has the speed. And like you're mm-hmm. saying the football IQ, he knows how to get open. He knows how to, he's, he's good in the red zone as well. So sure. I think those might be the two you know, maybe. And I think Kirk's probably going to be the most expensive. So this maybe mm-hmm. it's the same advice as last year. Just draft Marvin Jones wait, as the value. Wait, is the cheap wait for, yeah. Wait for Marvin Jones. I, I don't think that, I mean, I still think he's going to get, you know, get the targets. Uh, uh, Jacksonville's going to be playing from behind again. So there's going to be opportunities for that. I, I mean, I like his target share more, you know, it's projected target share more than uh, Zay Jones. So um, yeah, I'm, I, li- I like them. I'm, I'm still not sure on the, uh, on the uh, tight end usage. Uh, they, they certainly went to Dan Arnold a few times when, before he got hurt, uh, which, which was nice. It was good to see uh, a tight end running free in Jacksonville. We haven't seen that in uh, decades. It feels like. So uh, now maybe we'll have two and, uh, and uh, you know, go from there. Mercedes Lewis was pretty awesome. He's, he's still awesome. Go Paco. Yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah, we miss him down here. Good guy too. Oh yeah, great guy. Love having him on the Packers. Yeah. Um, actually, he might have resigned with them. I'm not sure. I, th- I think she, he's still under contract. They he still a year left. Yep. Uh, so no, no Mercedes Lewis news. But Brad, you, you mentioned it, <laughs> Mike Williams, and right. I mean a good conversation here for also for Michael Gallup as both receivers resigning with their teams. Williams on a three-year, sixty million dollar contract. Uh, if you think back to last episode talking about Chris Godwin coming off the franchise or on the franchise tag, reached an extension, basically the same type of contract, three years, 60 million. So I uh, think actually the Williams Williams signed his, it's funny. That was one where maybe we, there was expectations of the chargers might franchise tag him and they were able right. to get the extension before the, even the tag deadline. So this, this one has been one of the older contracts really that we're going to talk about today it has in yeah. terms of most uh oldest news least recent so almost wondering if the godwin contract was based around this one but uh williams does stay with the chargers and then gallup again remains with the cowboys five years 57.5 million so one of the i think the longest free agent contract signed at least among the four positions we'll be looking at today yeah that, that's an interesting uh interesting timeline with you know coming off the injury and everything so wow five years okay I, and it get, I think it makes sense for the Cowboys, right? If, if they yeah. know they might have a lost season with him, you know, they're almost saying like, we'll, we'll, we'll pay for five years, getting four we'll years for of production it. for him. Right. And right, right, kind right. of at the back end, make up for it. Um, Certainly a way to look at it. Yeah, definitely. But from Gal's perspective, I do wonder, was this, I guess, long-term security because of the injury, knowing you might not have a great season next year. So even if you came back and ha- and smash, would it be much bigger than this contract? So it would be huge money for Gallup. So I guess the, the, the stability, the security, knowing it's a good offense that once he comes back healthy too, will allow him to produce and maximize might be the, the kind of the smart decision. You could see why after five years could still maybe have a chance to sign another contract. So it, 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 it was curious at first, but can see from both sides why this makes sense. 
Yeah, definitely. Now for Gallup, I mean, once he comes back healthy, you know, could we, because he's, he's been, you know, when it was just him and Amari Cooper, they both saw over 110 targets. So I wonder if that type of relationship can exist between him and CD lamb, but I certainly feel like for 2022, seems like Dalton Schultz is probably going to be number two on the team in targets. Just like from maybe not per game, but just total targets over the season total. because I th- and I think Michael Gallup, it was a late season injury. And I think he had it to was. wait before the surgery. Like he didn't get the surgery until this year. Like, even though I think the injury happened in December, he didn't get the surgery until like the calendars flipped over to 2022. So gotcha. maybe be delayed a significant portion of the season too. So right. uh, it's tough to kind of go all in and on Gallup and redraft, but from a dynasty perspective, I think we like him staying with this offense. I mean, yeah. the, the idea was maybe he goes out and is a number one on a less efficient offense. So it's come, it comes back to volume or efficiency, but uh, yeah, I think I'd see it as a positive, especially since they've moved on from Ari Cooper that yeah. again, maybe not so much 2022, but 2023, Michael Gallup might be in line to, you know, really smash. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree. I mean, you gotta, you gotta love that offense, even with the, uh, you know, um, with, with Cooper uh, moving on uh, Cedric Wilson, moving on, it's going to be, it's, they're still going to be dynamic. Uh, they still have Zeke. They still have Pollard uh, Dax, you know, uh, he's got a full year after his injury. He's, I think he's going to come back looking sharp. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I think, you know, the, the, the downstream effects or downstream impact, as uh, we say in my day job, uh, I, I think for for Michael Gallup in a dynasty uh, setting is is going to be positive uh, to, uh, and I, I think that's certainly something you need to weigh. I don't think that offense is uh, splitting up, you know, much more than it already has. Uh, I, I think they they're going to continue to be at or near the top of the NFC East every single year contending for, for, for playoff spots. So um, I, I think Gallup, if, if Gallup and uh, Lamb can, uh, you know, get along uh, and, you know, um, Lamb doesn't uh, show too much, uh, too much of an ego, I, I'm not, which I guess he, we've kind of seen here and there. Uh, so, I mean, that's a little bit of something to keep an eye on, but, uh, but no, I, I think, uh, well, I certainly think you're right on with uh, Schultz being the um, number two in targets. Uh, but, uh, you know, m- moving forward, I think uh, Gallup is going to be uh, someone to keep an eye on uh, uh, for, for dynasty purposes. Yeah. Over the course of, uh, and again, Gallup, I mean, sorry, Schultz, just a franchise tag. So he may not even be there in 2023, but if that is the case, fully healthy Gallup probably gets more targets than Schultz over a course of full season. Right. In 2020. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, maybe this is a, I don't think, because I think if you're going to buy low on Gallup, the time to do it is probably in season when he's not back and, and a manager who's holding him kind of wants points, especially if he's on a contending team. So that's, that's sort of yeah, the, the way. That if you see, manager. Yeah. Yeah. If you see Gallup Definitely. on a contending team, that may be the way, time to target him at, at kind of a, a cheaper price. I think uh, so. Sure. But yeah, um, I suppose the, the time to buy him was before he signed the contract. But I, I guess that's almost the case with a lot of these players. Uh, mm-hmm. Certainly, I guess the case for this next guy, who I think his value just dropped during the season. I think one of the biggest busts in fantasy this year, Allen Robinson, it's almost the perfect landing spot to kind of skyrocket his value. Landing with the Rams on a $46.5 million deal over three years of life of the contract. So, 
Robinson comes in and uh, we talked about it last week, the Rams traded away Robert Woods. So really does open things up for Robinson. In my eyes, to step in there is the clear number two. Like, probably he's not going to get more targets than Cooper cup. No one, right. no one can Devonte right. Adams will show up there and Cooper cup will still get more targets. Stafford sure. and cup have this connection. Like you, you do. that's, he had 191 targets last year. That's crazy. Like this is, this is Matt Ryan relying on Julio Jones for everything kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's what that, that type is. And, but with that existing, I don't like, I don't necessarily think Cooper cup's going to get 191 next year. Maybe he does, but even with that existing, like I looked Van Jefferson was second on the team at I think 89 targets. Wow. Okay. If you tell like, if you say Allen Robinson is the number two, I think he's going to get more than 89 as the number two. And that was, you know, Van Jefferson was just the healthiest guy over the course of the season. Right. You know, Beckham came in midway. Robert Woods got hurt halfway through. So, you know, over the course of the whole season, of course, it kind of makes sense that Van Jefferson was number two on the team in targets just because he was there the whole time. But yeah, I think Robinson comes in and is probably going to be close. You know, I think at least hundred, maybe 110 targets as the number two doesn't seem that far fetched. We've seen this Rams offense before. And that was with a, but I would argue a worse quarterback with Jared Goff to be right. Like, support even like they, there was, a, there was a year where they supported three top 24 wide receivers in Cooper cup, Brandon cooks and Robert Woods. Mm-hmm. And so I think they can definitely support two top 24 receivers between, you know, like a, 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 I assume most people would project as the number one wide receiver this year in Cooper cup. And I you know I think Robinson could rebound to even, you know, you might even see two top 12 receivers on this team. You know, that's, that's, that happens almost every year. There's a team that's just so efficient offensively that they'll get two top 20, two top 12 receivers. That could definitely happen. I think, am I, am I, am I overstating Robinson or, or, because I'm almost writing off last year completely and saying he can go back to what he was before, but am am I, do you think that's, I think that's too naive of me? No, I got to be honest with you, Kyle. I, I might not be the best person to ask because, uh, I loved Allen Robinson. Of course, he was uh, drafted by the Jaguars. I hated to see him go, but I, I loved watching him play every single week. I mean, even during those poor years with uh, Gus Bradley at the helm and, uh, you know, having the, you know, two and 14 seasons, I I liked watching him play. I, I liked everything that he brought to the table. I, I was distraught when he you know, tore his ACL in 2017 and they went on that, uh, that tear and then, and then they let him go. I was like, are you kidding me? He's, he's, you know, a top player. So I certainly kept track with him, uh, you know, going to, uh, going to Chicago. I think that this could be a rebirth for him. I mean, absolutely. Still, still a young guy. He's way past his injury. Um, he certainly said he's had a few injuries uh, pop up here and there, but having an opportunity to play with, a quarterback, the caliber of, of, of Matt Stafford. Um, I mean, that's, that's a far cry from um, uh, Blake Bortles, um, any of the guys in Chicago. So I think it's going to be a very exciting time for, for Allen Robinson to be the number two there. And I don't think it's completely out of the realm to think of uh, two uh, top 12s. I mean, it, it may be safer to think two, two top 15s, uh, you know, kind of give them, get, get a bit of, a little bit of leeway there, but, I mean, he, he certainly has a he's a, has the knack for getting open. He's a uh, nice route, route runner. Uh, he's aggressive. He's strong. Uh, he can go up and catch the ball at the highest point. I, I think he can be a nice uh, red zone target as well. So maybe increase those uh, uh, touchdowns that uh, have been lacking, um, you know, during his time in in Chicago. I mean, he 
he was a uh, he was a pro bowler with uh, with Blake Bortles as his quarterback. So that that should kind of you know give you an idea of what this guy can do. Um, you know, lo- looking for looking to uh, bounce back uh, with the, with the world champ. So no, I'm 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 on the Allen Robinson train. Of course, I've always been uh, secretively on the Allen Robinson train, but uh, so I hated to see what happened to him last year. But uh, I'm uh, interested to see uh, you know how things go for him with the Rams. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, so next up, and I guess the so the other trade, right? The Tyree Kill trade. The other. There's been so many wide receiver trades, but you know, maybe you know, again, beneficiary of the Robert Woods trade here with Robinson. Maybe a similar thing with a couple of Chiefs receivers. One who was with the Chiefs is signed, and then Hill was traded, and then another Chiefs receiver who has been signed in light of that event. So uh, starting off with Juju Smith-Schuster. These were the rumors in 2021, and they finally came true in 2022. He signed a one-year contract, 10.75 million with the Chiefs. Wow. And then uh, again, just uh, you know, a couple days, maybe or maybe a, you know, a few days after the the Tyree Kill trade, the Chiefs also signed Marquez Valdez Scantling, formerly of the Packers, to a three-year, thirty million dollar deal. Mm. Travis Kelsey's the alpha. Even when Tyree Kill was there, Travis Kelsey was the alpha. So, like, sure. all due respect to these players, they're not coming in and taking away from from uh, Kelsey. But you know, who do you like as the number two receiver here? Wow, um, another great question. I mean, I, I think them going to get uh, Valdez Scantling uh, lets lets everybody know that they're not completely sold on Juju. Uh, just like. Uh, a lot of people in the uh, fantasy community are are not either. I, I think uh, um, MVS coming there, uh, certainly coming from you know one one State Farm quarterback to another. Uh, you know he's going to have a you know certainly you know comparable comparable uh, quarterback play uh, heading his way. Uh, they are both both going to have to uh, you know yield targets to uh, to Kelsey uh, as, as you mentioned. Uh, he is the alpha. My opinion, I mean, I, we we talked at nauseum uh, last year with the uh, with the Steelers uh, receivers, and it seemed like seemed like I was always just I always put us Smith Schuster at the bottom of those three, even because I like Claypool's uh, big play opportunities. That I we all kind of saw that Deontay was you know kind of moving into that alpha role for for the Steelers. So I'm just not I, I'm not completely sold on uh, what Juju can do. Uh, I, I think I'm, I'm leaning towards uh MVS and, you know, having a chance to, uh, you know, come out of the, come out of the shadow of uh Devonte Williams or Devonte Adams and, uh, and do some things in uh, Kansas city. That, that's kind of where I'm leaning. Well, what about yourself? I mean, you, you certainly saw enough of MVS. I would think so. Well, that's the, thing. I've, I've seen enough to like, to know what he's capable of it. And I what can see is. what the, Yep. Like the speed, the deep threat, uh, you know, can't hands not always making the catches, but what he, you know, you know, if he can get deep and make, it's almost a little Amari Cooperish, uh, just not nearly as good of an overall route runner, I think. Gotcha. And that's why he has never received the volume. But like you're saying, he's, you know, he was always 
in Adam's shadow. He's going to remain in Hill's shadow, even though it's a great quarterback. You're, you're not right. really, you're not getting a downgraded quarterback. I almost like to me, this almost seems like it's the same situation, but it, mm-hmm. like you'd, I'd rather my receivers stay in the same situation. Now he's got to now have to establish that chemistry with Mahomes. Right. The truth is, I think them signing Valdez Scantling says a lot more about McCole Hardman than it does Juju Smith-Schuster. Because I think if, if they didn't want Juju and they wanted Valdez Scantling, they would have got they would have signed Valdez Scantling first. And then the, like this, to me, the only it seems like the only reason they signed Valdez Scantling is because they didn't have Hill and they didn't want Hardman to be that guy. Right. I get the sense that Valdez Scantling's probably not going to see more targets than he does in Green Bay. It's he's he plays an important role on the team to stretch the defense deep. But I actually think the majority of the targets are going to go to Kelsey or Juju. I think Juju steps into Tyreek Hill role, Tyreek Hill's role in that he can catch a hundred passes in this offense. Yep. The the one thing is great in the red zone. Probably like he's a bit taller than Hill, and Hill's been okay in the red zone. I think that's actually one aspect where he might be better. I don't think he's nearly the deep threat Hill is. But they also didn't really use Hill. They used him a lot underneath last year. Right. He was you know get, getting more usage in the slot closer to the line of scrimmage just get the ball in his hands and then if he makes things after the catch grade if not get gain first downs right that's like that's been juju's game this whole time but now he gets a better quarterback that can allow it to go deep at times like that that's not exclusively how hill was used but i just think the massive quarterback upgrade for juju it's it's like almost like Allen robinson right like right he, he had one amazing season before Ben messed up his elbow. And then from that point on, he'd never had good quarterback play the rest of his career. So gotcha. I think, I think Juju is closer to that 2018 season than what he's been these last few years. So I'm buying in, uh, in our, in the recent startup I'm doing, I took him in the sixth round, I think, okay. uh, as my wide receiver three behind a couple, like I took Evans and Keenan out Mike Evans, Keenan Allen. So I put a couple older guys. So kind of a little bit of age balance too. Uh, cause he's still 25, 26, super young mm-hmm. guy. So yeah, I'm, I'm ready to buy all in on Juju this year, I think. Okay. Yeah. I'm a, I mean, me, me not buying in on Juju is certainly goes against, I guess a, a lot of my, my, my philosophy is, you know, as far as a target share and, 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 and stuff like that. Cause uh, typically I, I, I do like the high targeted guys and, and I, I certainly, I, I think that, Juju is going to have those opportunities, you know, under underneath and everything. I, I just, I, I like, I think there's a, a potential for, for a breakout for uh, about a scantling uh, to, uh, uh, not, you know, not just be the deep man, but, you know, be the inter- intermediate guy. And, um, but yeah, I mean, hearing you talk about it, I'm like, man, man, that, that is typically my mindset, but, uh, but yeah, I just don't, I don't, I don't feel it, feel it like that for, uh, uh, for Juju. Now, if, if he were to, be available, you know, kind of in, in the later rounds or something like that. Absolutely. I would, uh, you know, grab him for those, uh, for the, for the target, for the target shares. And I mean, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about him and, and, you know, where his uh, potential draft draft status is, you know, as, as this uh, year uh, progresses. So that's cer- certainly something I would be uh, looking, looking at and, and could, you know, could sway my, my mind one way or another, but I just, uh, I'm, I'm thinking it's a uh, breakout time for uh, Valdez Scanlon. All right, I guess we'll see. And yeah, to that draft price, like I'd imagine, like what was it last year? Sixth, seventh round last year? I'd imagine, I don't think it's any lower than that. Like I'd imagine it goes up if anything. Maybe it reaches the fifth round. So to your point, maybe that is a little high, especially because as much as we can guess he's going to get those targets, we don't know for sure until the the games actually start happening. 
right. uh, in September and, and we really see what, what Pat, who Patrick Mahomes is targeting. Gotcha. Yep. All right. So I guess, honestly, I think rather than concentrate on position, I think I'm just going to kind of move around, a di- yeah. almost approach different teams at a time. Rapid fire. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, well, we'll still probably, I'll still definitely probably ramble to be honest, but uh <laughs> Okay, so the consistent Cardinals, we'll call them, the Arizona Cardinals, kind of keeping yeah. a bit of, of the, the same look. So the yeah, highest but... paid tight end in this period and one of the two highest paid running backs, both the Cardinals retaining their own players and uh, not allowing to them onto the open market. So uh, first off, Zach Ertz signed a three-year, $31.65 million contract with the Cardinals. Uh, actually, yeah, so let's just start there uh, with Ertz because he came in and in only 11 games was second on the team in receptions last year. Yeah. Yeah. Deandre Hopkins was hurt. That was a big factor. Why? Uh, but I mean, Christian Kirk was the only player who had, was the only Cardinal who had more catches than Ertz last year, who mm-hmm. played just a little more than half a season with them. So clearly the volume was there. I mean, I, I right now I'd be shocked if he's not second on the team in receptions again. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just kind of vice versa now with uh Kirk being in, in Jacksonville. I, I, uh, wow, that's that, that's a lot of money for for an older tight end. But uh, I mean, but but like you said, in, in the in the handful of games that he was there, he certainly proved that that he still has it. Uh, we, of course, uh, uh, Cardinal fans and fantasy fans would would like to see him uh, get in the get in the end zone a little bit more. But I mean, but I think the I think the target share, as you mentioned, is is going to be uh, pretty comparable with because uh, it's just going to be a you know a reverse a reverse of the situation from last year. So. Um, yeah, I, I think he's he's certainly a a, a tight end that's going to be he's going to going to be on my board. Uh, you know, kind of late to kind of see see what happens. Yeah, the only thing I could see maybe is if the rookie or I guess last year's rookie now in his second year, Rondale Moore, he really steps up and like forces him like his play so well that he just forces the targets his way. Mm-hmm. And well, yeah, for, forces Murray to see like how good he is, and he like he just has right. to, to pepper him with targets, and he has gotcha. to like Cliff Kingsbury has to design plays for him. If he can do that, then maybe he ends up being more productive than Ertz. Yeah. Uh, I guess yeah, the touchdowns are maybe the concern with Ertz, just because the Cardinals are such a run heavy team in the and exactly. and not just run heavy, they're pretty good at it. And we saw last yep. year James Conner get all those touchdowns, and he's going to have that chance again because he, yes, he resigned. Did on a three-year $21 million deal. And that was the big money for, for running backs. Like the, the two biggest free agent running backs both re-signed with their teams for $7 million a year. James wow. Conner uh, and Tampa and well, James Conner with the Cardinals and then Leonard Fournette with Tampa Bay. Uh, I like both had so many touchdowns last year and right. productive seasons kind of as much as, you know, touchdown regression is real. The truth is that the Cardinals primary running back this you know last season it was james Conner. the year before that it was kenyon drake whoever that they are is just accumulating touchdowns and uh, you know the, the offensive line is, seems to be getting better one of the best iterations they've had in a really long time was last season so keeping those right. players i yeah i mean Connor is definitely gonna be more expensive than he was last year at least he should yeah. be and if he's not then i'm just gonna get him in every league again but but yeah. uh i I wouldn't be shocked if Connor can do another, like another 15 touchdown season, something close to that, at least double Absolutely. digits, I think is, is not uh, unreasonable just because again, the Cardinals running back has been producing that these last two years and they've, Absolutely. they've chosen 
James Conner for a reason because they let Chase Edmond, Edmonds walk. So he's the guy go. they've chosen. Yeah, I mean, I, absolutely. I mean, I think Connor proved uh, what what he could do last year, and uh, you know, he he took over that role. Uh, you know, eventually from you know due, due to Edmonds' injury, but even when Edmonds came back, it looked like he was the the lead horse. I think the thing that's gonna continue to separate Connor into this echelon with Fournette is I think they're they're basically almost about the same guy. I mean, when when if if Connor's gonna continue to uh, improve on the flashing of his uh, pass catching capability, which I mean we all we all saw it in Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, he he was certainly a, a very viable uh, pass catcher, and that that's why I leaned on him uh, last year. I was like, you know, I think he's gonna take. I mean, I I certainly think he's a better runner than Edmonds, but if if they can incorporate the passing game with him. I think he's going to take it over, and uh, you know that's you know pretty much what happened. So when I look at Connor and Fournette, I I, I imagine their rankings are going to be you know pretty close to get to, to uh, one another. Uh, you know both both obviously uh, above average above average offenses uh, with uh, other pieces around them. Of course, uh, Fournette probably has a uh, considerably more. Uh, ah, well, I, I guess. I guess it depends, but um, well, they, but yeah, I mean, they I, were the same draft class, and I guess it's yeah. just Connor. Those first couple of years didn't really see much action behind Le'Veon Bell, but really, right. really, just like his first, right? Really, his first year, because even by year two, he kind of started kinda to kind of get worked in. So, sure. yeah, I'd have to look yeah, at their career touches. Was, I'd imagine Fournette has more, yeah. but it's probably not that far off. Yeah, yeah, they they definitely fed Fournette a lot down here in Jacksonville uh, early on, but he he did battle some injuries. But uh, but no, I mean, I, I think that. Three years, twenty-one million. I mean, for both of them to get that, I mean, I think that uh, pretty much uh, is right on is right on cue for for both of their you know potential uh, production and being on the the offensive teams that they are on. So, who do you prefer? And I, I like to me, they're probably like you're saying they're probably so closely ranked that you kind of almost have to have the same order in redraft and dynasty because. Again, they've signed the same contract. They have the same kind of the same draft class. They've been in the league the same amount of time. Like the, the time remaining seems good. Both offenses seem potent enough that where the touchdown potential is there. So like really the only thing that's going to differentiate them is production. So it's almost one of those wherever you think will produce more and you think will be worth the higher redraft pick. You probably should value higher in Dynasty because their overall trade value for the next couple of years is really just going to be tied to their production. So you know, assuming that reasoning makes sense, Brad, and assuming you agree with me that you have the same player ranked higher in both redraft and dynasty, who would you rather have between Connor and Fournette? Uh, I mean, that, that that's a tough one, but I, I'm going to lean towards uh, Fournette. And the re- reason being, there, there there's two things. Uh, Ronald Jones is out of there now. Uh, I, I, he's not a uh, not that he was necessarily sharing carries with him. Uh, last year anyway, but uh, th- there was always that, uh, you know, potential that, um, that, you know, uh, Jones could come in there, you know, bust a long one, maybe steal some carries. But I think from what I've seen with Brady and Fournette's uh, just, just their, how they're clicking with their offense and how Fournette's get, getting the catches. I've seen that more. Um, I know that Connor can do it, but since I've seen it, um, more, I, I would lean towards Fournette and, but if the, uh, if the Cardinals can incorporate Connor in there, I mean, they they are going to be neck and neck. So, but, but, uh, you know, you're asking me, you know, uh, in, in the March right now, I'm, I'm going to lean towards Fournette. 
I tend to agree with you, even though in the dynasty, it's a little trickier to say this because he, you know, he, I mean, he literally just retired and came back. He can do that every year, but I think you almost want the running back tied to Tom Brady more than tied to James Conner. So, yeah, I think, uh, actually, I, I suppose it, it's the perfect time to transition. We already talked about uh, Chase Edmonds leaving. Where exactly did he end up, though? Well, he ends up in, in Miami, uh, signing a $12.6 million contract over two years. Uh, Dolphins weren't done because quickly back to wide receiver. I mean, we already know they traded for Tyree Kill. Uh, Dolphins also signed Cedric Wilson, uh, who you referenced earlier, leaving Dallas. Uh, three years, $22.8 million. Uh, so I guess with Cedric Wilson though, it, there might've been some hype. I think Tyreek Hill going there just completely kills all that. Sure. I, sure. I'd imagine it's Hill and Waddle are going to see most of the targets on that team. And, uh, I think I talked about this last time, like it, this, the, kind of, this hurts Jasicki, I think, uh, kind of mm-hmm. hurts everyone. That's it, it helps Tua. it's the only, the only player this whole move really helped us Tua because he's got sure. now his, his like, remember his wide receiver room as a rookie, like we were splitting with Fitzpatrick. Like there was a reason Miles Gaskin was so successful because he was probably the best cat pass catcher on that team whenever Devontae Parker was out. Right. And yeah, yeah. sorry, Preston Williams, who is also always out. But like, you know, Preston Williams also re-signed. So soon he comes back healthy. Like they've got a lot more bodies. But to me, yeah, I think Waddle and Hill are going to see most of the targets on that team. Yeah, yeah, that that, that would be uh, certainly what I imagine. So how, how far in advance did they sign Cedric Wilson for the whole Hill thing happened. Was that several weeks or a couple you weeks? You see, I feel, I feel like that was one of the like first ones on that first like tampering period. That was one of the ones gotcha. that got done really quickly. Yeah. Uh, I think they had Cedric Wilson before the Cowboys had Michael Gallup locked up, <laughs> gotcha. if I remember correctly. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, yeah, not much on Wilson, I think. Uh, you know, I suppose with all these weapons, you have to think that Dolphins is a good offense because that's like the late flyers where – Wilson would probably go in range at that point. I just want to invest in good offenses. Like if I want the, the player that's going to be, you know, you're not expecting much most weeks, but has a chance to spike the best chances of those spike weeks are going to come in offenses that can score multiple touchdowns. So right. that like, I think the interest in Cedric Wilson is really more about it to get back to the quarterback. Do you think two is good enough to make this a really efficient offense or not? And if so, then maybe Wilson's worth a, a flyer, but Chase Edmonds conversation is interesting because the Dolphins also signed Raheem Mostert to a one-year $3.125 million contract. So, I mean, former, you know, head coach, former sure. assistant with the, the 49ers and Mike McDaniel. Uh, so the connection there. So th- th- it's funny because this almost seems like last year for, for Edmonds, right? Like he, right. I would imagine he's the pass catcher, like Mostert's 32 and, you know, I think Connor, I'll look it up, but I think Connor's best receiving season and like in terms of like receptions in a season is probably more than Mostert's entire career combined. Uh, right. Maybe I'm wrong, but not really known as a pass catcher Mostert, but does, does it kind of do what, because Connor, I think, Ed, well, yeah, Connor take, well, Connor, Drake, really, I think we can go back to a few guys too. David Johnson, David no matter Johnson, who, yeah. no matter who Edmonds has been paired with, it's always been the other running back getting the goal line carries. He's yeah. gotten such, but he gets a lot of red zone targets certain seasons. Yeah. So he's still involved in packages, but just not scoring the rushing touchdown. So is it, is this like last year, Brad, where like, again, I was kind of really on the team. Don't draft Edmonds draft James Connor. Cause that's the guy you want that it's going to have the, the, the touchdowns. That's going to be the guy that's going to be worth playing more. Do we feel like it's the same thing this year with Mostert and, and Edmonds? 
I mean, Mostert certainly he has the big play capability, has the speed. He uh, he does lack a little bit of size when it comes in, into the red zone and or goal line carries. Uh, but I mean, I mean, it, it looks like the Dolphins. I mean, they they certainly went out and they wanted to bring in Edmonds uh, for for you know for a pretty hefty hefty little price there and. I mean, I, I'm not sure if uh, Mostert's just come there to be a change of pace. I, I, I don't really see him unseating Edmonds. I mean, where Edmonds should have an opportunity to to do some damage in the goal line. Um, yeah, I mean, it, um, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to hold. Oh, wow, I don't. I, are are you thinking that it's gonna be more of this, or I, I'm I'm just not sure yet. You see, I. Cause I don't think Mostert is as talented as a back as Connor, like okay. to, to where he's sure. like forcing himself on the field and coming off injuries as well. I think it's, uh, it, I think it's tricky because we don't really know what his health is going to be. I guess Connor's last season with Pittsburgh before he came to Arizona, wasn't the healthiest either, but I think, you know, Mostert missed all last year with a pretty significant injury. And I guess it was early enough in the season. So, kind of hoping by the time the season starts that he's healthy because of the injury timing last year. But yeah, I, I'm just, sure. I guess I'm not as sold on Mostert's talent as I was on Connor in particular. So uh, I, I can agree with that. Yeah, certainly. Again, the athletic talent, the speeds there, but again, just has he lost his speed now with a couple of years of injuries. So that's kind of the worry with Mostert. Um, I, you know, last year, if you told me the price was the same, I would have taken Connor over Edmonds. The easiest thing in the world because he was always cheaper. This year, you yes. tell me the price the same. I think I'd rather have Edmonds because I don't. The other problem too is the Dolphins' Agreed. offensive line is one of the worst run blocking offensive lines. At least it was last year. Uh, they were 30th in adjusted line yards. They were only 19th in adjusted sack rate though. So better at pass protection. They've also added Teron Armstead at left tackle. So that now they they've did. got their, they did. Mm-hmm. which I'd imagine he plays right tackle considering two is left-handed, but regardless, you've got your edge protector. So it's again, helping the pass protection. I'm still not sure how good this line is running. So you don't, I don't really want to rely on the, like last year with Connor going to an improved Cardinals offensive line, adding, adding Rodney Hudson, adding some interior guys that could make that middle, you know, more likely to score those rushing touchdowns up the middle and, and get that point. extra space. Mm-hmm. I don't think Miami provides that. So give me the pass catcher. So I, I think okay. that's why I'd rather have Edmonds because now it's going to be about draft price. Does Edmonds go in the same range as last year? Fifth round. That's probably still too early for me. Yeah. If he drops now though, being away from, because again, the thing last year was he was so high because everyone thought he was better than Connor, or at least that yeah. was the assumption. It seemed like, re- yeah. yeah. And exactly. while that probably still exists with Mostert, I wonder if seeing Connor surpass him is maybe soured Edmund. So if his price drops from last year, I'm willing to buy in. Now, if he's in the fifth round, maybe because of the lack of James Connor there, I'm not screaming a void like I did last year where he was like the absolute don't have him at all. There's no way it won't be good. Mm-hmm. Maybe that isn't quite the case this year if he's going to that range, but still probably not. It's still probably too early for me to invest in. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I, I can see him. Yeah, not not near the level that he was last year. I I think with you know adding pieces uh, with Hill. I mean, I don't know if the mindset could be that they're going to pass more. Uh, I think that could drop him down to a uh, uh, mid sixth, uh, mid sixth, late sixth, uh, which is. Uh, I mean, obviously, depending how my draft's going, I I, I could be uh, tempted to uh, to uh, to go with him, but. 
but yeah, the comparison between Mostert and uh, and Connor from last year is, uh, you know, certainly tips the scales towards uh, Connor. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one of a kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I just want to run through some running backs real quick. Sure. Kind of rounding all this out. So uh, a couple of re-signings. So J.D. McKissick re-signed with Washington, although there were some initial reports that looked like he might have signed with Buffalo and then backed out yeah. last minute to return yeah, yeah. to uh, the Commanders. I guess he yeah. hasn't been with the Commanders yet, but he's now with the Commanders. <laughs> he's been go. with Washington this whole time. But yeah, so J.D. McKissick, uh, I don't know. Uh, man, this, this, this look was looking great for Antonio Gibson. It was. And not so <laughs> great now. But I, part of me also does wonder, is, is this actually a good thing for Antonio Gibson? Does does them re-signing McKissick prevent them from going after a better running back, whether it's in the draft? And I think I'm okay with Gibson competing against McKissick. And maybe you know, he so he showed last year ability to get on the field to to catch passes. I wonder if they're more liberal with that usage, and it's not very clearly split split where Gibson's only on early downs and McKissick gets all the passing downs. I th- I wonder if. You know, maybe some sequences, maybe some drives, it is that. Maybe some drives, Gibson's the early guy, McKissick's the pass catcher. What if there's other drives where they want to bring in Jared Patterson and they actually have Gibson as the pass catcher in those drives? Like, I, I think that's possible just because of what Gibson showed last year. So I, I don't think this is awful for him. I mean, certainly, like, it's it, at the very worst, it's the same situation he was in last year. Uh, is it a better quarterback? Yeah. I don't know. Taylor Heineke, Carson Wentz, Ryan Fitzpatrick. They're, they're none of them all that great. So it's, right. it's the same situation as last year. Right. So uh, that's the, that's the thing with Gibson. Yep. Uh, yeah. I com- completely agree. I mean, I'm still, still waiting on, still waiting on him to, him to blossom uh, there in uh, Washington. I, I don't know if, I don't know if they have enough around him right now. And then one other player re-signing Rashad Penny returns to Seattle on a one-year $5.75 million contract. I mean, this to me, this all hinges on Chris Carson's health. Uh, sure. There's a chance he might never play football again. You know, neck injuries, they're all uh, – neck injuries always serious no matter who you are, but certainly for football players. And it was one of those where last year, it you know, at first when Carson got hurt, it didn't seem like he was going to be out that long. And then before you know it, he missed the rest of the season. Right. And, 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 you know, when the injury happened, oh, yeah, you know, week to week, couple of weeks, three weeks, oh, it's three months and the season's mm-hmm. done. Right. So I think that's, that's still a massive question mark to me. And I think if, if Penny, you know, if, if Carson's not there, I think Penny's the workhorse. Like he's getting almost all the touches. Uh, now, no Russell Wilson means that offense is not nearly as efficient, but maybe do you get a quarterback that, can't scramble as much. So is willing to dump down to the running back. So maybe we see a career high in receptions for Rashad Penny. And maybe that's Chris Carson who gets that instead if he's healthy on the field. So it's, it's, it's tough to like fully invest in Penny, but if Carson doesn't play like to me, he's the kind of guy I want to take in the fifth, sixth round, not chase Edmonds. Uh, Penny or yeah. Penny. Yeah. 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 No. I mean, what, what Penny did to, uh, towards the end of the, the season is something everybody's been waiting for him to do uh, his whole career. And I mean, I, 
I, I certainly certainly understand that uh, if 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 Carson does come back or or doesn't come back, uh, you know, uh, Penny and Carson will be, you know, uh, battling. But I'm not. I would not be surprised if Penny just is flat out going to be the guy there, whether Carson's there or not. Uh, in my opinion, I, th- I think there's uh, a lot of question marks with uh, Carson's health. I mean, certainly uh, Penny's had uh, been uh, banged up, but uh, it seems like every single year, Chris Carson, uh, you know, so- something comes up, whether it's a shin or, uh, you know, uh, in this case, the, uh, the the neck. Or, But, I mean, I think what Penny showed last year t- towards the end um, – 5.75 million. I mean, that's a, that's a nice chunk of change uh, to, to pay a, to pay a lead running back. So even if Carson comes back, I am not going to be surprised to take a penny, but, uh, but yeah, but if, if penny does float around that six round area, um, I, I would, yeah, I, I, I would have to battle if, if he's there with Edmonds to try and uh, figure out which way I want to go. Most likely I would lean towards penny just for the uh, touchdown opportunities. I think, you know, in the, in the, uh, red zone. Yeah, I'd agree. Not, not that that's a great offensive line either, kind of like the same problem as Miami, but uh, I guess you're almost hoping, Brad, that Carson is kind of announced as healthy and that it'll stop Penny's price from rising too much, probably. I am. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of, kind of, kind of hoping he does come back because um, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's going to, you know, kind of slow, slow things down and, and uh, yeah, if, if Penny can fall, fall there. I, I think he's going to be the one to scoop up in seattle so ronald jones you already mentioned it with fournette he's he left tampa signed a one-year five million dollar contract with the kansas city chiefs there may not be a player more hurt in this free agency period than clyde edwards hilaire Mm. it may be baker mayfield because he doesn't have a job anymore but either this is unfortunately i've talked about that startup i'm in i i was lucky that the like you know where i picked I, I was on the clock when the juju, when the, or, you know, when the Tyree kill trade happened, I got home gotcha. and I was on the clock. So they kind of, I was already kind of thinking juju just cause, okay. Tied to this great chiefs offense, even if he's the third guy, but then once that news happened, it was an automatic pick. Unfortunately, the, you know, I, I draft uh, Clyde Edward Tiller. And I think the next day that the rumors start that Ronald Jones might sign. And I think it took a couple more days before it actually officially materialized. But uh, yeah. What do you think of this split? This is this almost the same split we're talking about with like the 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 you know the clear early down guy goal line guy with Jones and the pass catcher and Edward Tiller is that how this is viewed or or you think it's something completely different? I mean, who knows after uh, Edward Tiller's season last season uh, with with the injuries and then uh, you know the emergence of uh, uh, one of the Williams was that Daryl I guess Daryl Williams yeah last year was Daryl's and then uh, and (laughs) and then uh, Jarrett McKinnon taking taking the taking uh snaps in, in in the playoffs when 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 ceh was was healthy so yeah i i don't know uh i don't know what to think about this for for um on the ceh side i i think uh i, I think there's i think there's concern in the upper management uh you know th- thinking you know is he our guy for the future uh so but I think Ronald Jones going there, I mean, uh, you know, could be a fresh start. Uh, he could just be, could just be a guy as well. Um, I mean, there's there's still, still a lot, a lot, uh, still a lot of mouths to feed in Kansas city. Uh, even though, uh, you know, some of the names have changed, uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure what, I'm not sure what my expectation is on uh, Ronald Jones going there. Did, who else is Mc, uh, McKinnick gone? And 
I because th- I think yeah, Daryl Williams I believe is a free agent, and but I think Jerk McKinnon's still there, still so there. Right. That might even be a three way committee. Right, exactly. I still, yeah, I, 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 I thought one of them was still there. So okay, I still think Clyde Edwards-Helaire though is the one I want. I think okay. he's still. I'd argue that the most talented out of them all. Um, no, maybe maybe there maybe some Ronald Jones, some Rojo truthers <laughs> uh, can uh, we'll, we'll push back there. Although I know one Rojo truther in particular who is also an Edwards Hilaire truther, so that'll be a little okay. complicated for Achille on gotcha. which one he likes there. Uh, but yeah, just maybe it's almost back to the Chase Edmonds, and this is not because yeah. I think the Chiefs' offensive line definitely better than the Dolphins, but right. I want the guy that I I've seen catch passes better. Uh, really Ronald Jones hasn't. And, you know, you know, it from Jacksonville Leonard Fournette, not really known as a big pass catching back, but for them to just say, yeah, Jones is so awful that we want Fournette on there on every, every passing right. down right, kind of speaks more about Jones than does anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I think as, cause to me, Daryl Williams was the one that was really taking the pass catching or the passing down uh, right. snaps from Edwards Hilaire. So I'm not so worried about McKinnon, not so worried about Jones. I think, I think the one I'd still want to invest in is Edward Tolaire. If anything, this might again reduce his price so much that he becomes a value. So uh, yeah. it could be an RB, an RB dead zone kind of guy that that turns out well. I think so. It's true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Right now, I'm, I would stay away from all all of them. But uh, but yeah, maybe McKinnon is the one to have. To be honest, so who knows? Yeah. To your credit, maybe that is you know get get the the natural pass catchers, get the yeah. Valdez Scantling, get the McCole Hardman. If you if you really want, don't right. don't go to the running backs. You go to the the wide receivers. True. true. Yep. True. It's it's actually Miami's almost the opposite. You want all the they have so many wide receivers. Maybe those are the guys you want. Don't ignore the running backs there because the, the O line. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, or actually, no, the exact same thing. I should say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's okay. Well, we, I guess uh, if that's the case, let's avoid running backs then completely and go to different positions. <laughs> um, so tight end here. Um, uh, so we well again back to man there's so many of these things where there's a trade that happened and there's repercussions and more repercussions now so the seahawks some known part of the return for russell wilson was noah fant but they also re-signed will disley to a three-year 24 million dollar contract uh yeah wow i i mean just between those two which tight end would you rather have in seattle fant or disley um I, I I would lean towards Fant just uh, from uh, just a, an athleticism uh, standpoint. Uh, also, if I mean if Locke is going to be the quarterback, I mean at least they played together <laughs> before. Uh, wow, three years, twenty four million. Wow. Yep, the second highest. A little bit taller. Wow. <laughs> yeah, no, it's the second highest free agent contract signed this period, gracious. tied with CJ Uzoma, who yeah. signed an identical contract, three years, twenty four million with the Jets. Now the complica- complication here, though, the Jets also signed Ty Conklin, and I think that was also a three-year contract. I didn't have the details here at the time, and I, I filled out the sheet. But I think I've seen, I think stuff's come out where it's it's not just a one-year deal; like it is kind of a longer term. So, okay, uh, it's funny because Seattle, New New Jersey, New Jersey, New York. I mean, they do play in New Jersey. Uh, two tight ends. Which one do you take? It almost seems like if you got two guys, you're not sure which one. You don't really have one, so you just avoid completely. That yeah, that out of the, out of those two teams, though, I think Noah Fan would be the one. The athleticism stands out more than the what Uzoma or, or Conklin has, or, or even what Will Disley has. So yeah, not not. But yeah, I, I 
Okay, well, I might almost rather have Disley than Uzoma, to be honest. Like, I really don't want these Jets tight ends. Like, that's that yeah. seems like a team, different regimes, different quarterbacks, but that's a team that just never knows mm-hmm. what to do with its tight ends. Yeah. And it yeah. seems like there's more and more talk that the Jets are going to go wide receiver at 10 overall, which yeah. almost goes back to Miami. Everything is going to be Hill and, and Waddle. I don't really want Jusicki. If every if they go with a wide receiver 10 overall, let's say it's Garrett Wilson. Mm-hmm. And it's Wilson, Elijah Moore. I think most of the targets are going towards those two. And even Corey so. Davis, yeah. like you probably want the receivers. You don't want the tight ends. So I, I think honestly, CJ Uzoma might be one of the biggest. He took one of the mass, most massive hits, I think, to his value, just leaving, leaving a, the Bengals, right. Potent exactly. Bengals offense. You didn't mind him being the fourth guy there, knowing exactly. that there's so much to go around. Zach Wilson jets. Nah, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I mean, I was cer- certainly uh, thinking Uzoma certainly benefited from that offense last year and and being, uh, yeah, be I mean, being fourth behind Boyd and Higgins and and Chase and uh, I mean, he certainly had some nice games. Uh, you know, one being against uh, on Thursday night against the uh, Jaguars. Uh, so he he certainly uh show- showcases thing showcases uh, you know w- what he could do. But I mean, he's not a speedster. Uh, you know, big body. He he can he can rumble down the down the field, but no, I, I'm with you with, if, if, uh, you know, now he's going to the jets, it, it, especially if they're, you know, taking somebody at 10, uh, which is uh, what it, what it sounded like. Um, I, I think it could be, uh, you know, just a cash that check for the next three years and, uh, and, uh, move along there. So I'd almost say, I think he's on draft. I, I wouldn't draft him in a redraft league. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't either. Not if I, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't want I, to touch yeah. any of them. And then like the Jets I would, also, I would, take, I would take Hayden Hurst over him. Oh, for sure. And replacing him in Cincinnati. Absolutely. That's a good point. Absolutely. Yeah, no, no, for sure. And then the tight ends, <laughs> especially like we talked about, like, I already mentioned this end of the draft. I want good offenses. Mm-hmm. If I'm getting a, a partial player, that's, that's only going to, there's a toss on a few sure. weeks, right? Yeah. Always go with the good offenses. So yeah, for tight ends though, a lot, because almost all of them are, t- how many times, oh, this guy's touchdown dependent. This guy's touchdown dependent. Mm-hmm. Everyone after tight end seven, eight, whatever it is, they're all touchdown dependent. So the exactly. best chance to get touchdowns are with the good offenses that will score more touchdowns. And that's, I mean, that's overly simple logic, but yeah, uh, Zoma's undraftable for me. Uh, maybe even the same with Braxton Berrios, who the Jets also re-signed two years, 12 yeah. million. Forgot about him. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm not interested. Uh, sorry. Not, not interested nope. at all. Uh, but okay, a couple of tight end signings though that might be interesting. I think three in particular. Uh, I guess the next three biggest in terms of the salary. Uh, so Mo Ali Cox re-signing with the Colts on a three-year contract worth eighteen million dollars total. I mean, I don't think there's anyone other than Michael Pittman that's clearly ahead of him on the on that target uh, chart as well. The similar yeah, not, to what we're saying with Zach at this Hurts. point. Yeah, not at this point. Yeah. Um, but then two new, like two tight ends changing teams. So interesting discussion here. Gerald Everett signing with the Chargers, two years, 12 million total. And then I guess the same average, but over only over a one-year contract, Austin Hooper joining the Tennessee Titans. Kind of like both these landing spots for both those guys. Uh, Everett basically replacing Jared Cook's role. Uh, I know they still have Darnold Parham, still have Trey McKitty, but I'd imagine Everett walks in there as the number one tight end. Yeah, Everett walks in there as a, as a weapon, as just a, another weapon for uh, for Herbert as well. I mean, he he had some nice games in uh, Seattle. I guess it was uh, just a one year contract last year because I'm I was surprised that uh you know Seattle didn't keep him around, especially after you know uh, you know what he did. But I, I think he comes in. And, they wanted uh, to pay Will Disley instead. Yeah, ex- exactly. Apparently, goodness gracious, and <laughs> and but yeah, no, I I think Everett's going to be a nice. 
nice weapon uh, there and, 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 can, and uh, can certainly do some things. Like he, he's more than a uh, week-to-week, you know, hopefully get a touchdown guy. Well, I don't know about that. I think he, I think he still is just hoping for touchdowns because I think it'll be really tough to see consistent targets on a team where you already have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams with this new contract, Austin Eckler. Does, you know, Jalen Guyton, Josh Palmer, do any of those young guys step up? Like, you know, maybe, and maybe Everett's fourth on the team in catches this year, but I Mm -hmm. also think he'll be, he'll be closer to those other guys like Williams and Allen in particular in touchdowns than he will in receptions. Gotcha. No, no, yeah. And not, I mean, I'm not just talking pure numbers, obviously that, that, that's going to be the case, (laughs) but uh, I think just like percentage of of touchdowns, like he might, he may have half the receptions that Keenan Allen has. He might not even have half the receptions. Keenan Allen, he might have like, like, you know, 30, like a third of what Keenan Allen's catches are, but he might have, you know, 60% of the touchdowns Keenan Allen has like, that's kind of there. So touchdown dependent, but he's, these are the offenses you want the touchdown dependent guys in. Exactly. Exactly. And then Hooper, Hooper, actually, I think, especially with Robert Woods, like in late season injury, who knows when he's going to be ready. Like he's someone I think could actually accumulate the catches. Maybe actually it's maybe similar to Mo Ali Cox. Um, yeah. Although I would argue that Matt Ryan Daniel is a better quarterback than Matt Ryan at this point. Maybe some people would disagree there, but uh, yeah, I, I actually like this really like this landing spot for Hooper thinking that Ferkser, McCole Pruitt. I know they did resign Jeff Swain as well. Uh, who frankly, I thought yeah. Jeff Swain was their number one tight end last year. Not Ferkser like everyone thought was going to be. Yeah. And I called that before the season too. Uh, but yeah, one year, 3.5 million for Swain, but you know, Hooper's almost getting double that. I get the sense Hooper is going to be the the top tight end there. He's going to, you know, I, I don't think you want any other tight ends. Now those other guys might get touchdowns. Like I don't see Hooper as being the kind of guy you, you design touches for like, like they've been doing with like Cole Pruitt last year's running, you know, rushing touchdowns and really creative stuff around the red zone around the goal line. I don't think that's Hooper's game, but I just think he's going to produce catches. And outside of AJ Brown, again, just like Mo Ali Cox of the Col- the Colts, outside of Michael Pittman, who's stopping him from catching passes? Right, right, yeah. I mean, Hooper Hooper can certainly find some uh, some greenery in, in the middle of the field and, and, and do some damage. So, no, a not nice landing spot for him. I'm you know glad he got out of Cleveland, and uh, uh, hopefully he can um, do some things in uh, in Tennessee. Not not too many things uh, a couple times a year, but yeah. Well, speaking of Cleveland, uh, on top of all the moves they've made, uh, they've also re- they've also signed Jakeem Grant to a three-year, $13.8 million deal. To me, he kind of fights with the rookie from last year, Anthony Schwartz, as that, that deep threat. Now, honestly, I think Schwartz kind of showed enough last year. Grant's never really showed much through his career. Like, this is a veteran. This almost screams special teams. Like, they want him as the returner. Right. I don't think he's the, you know, those young guys, those young receivers, Donald Peoples Jones, Anthony Schwartz. I think Cleveland wants to develop those two more than like, like, you know, they'll, they'll maybe design plays for Grant, but I don't think he's replacing their, their roles at all. Yeah. I, I, think, I, I, I can agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amari Cooper, clearly number one. And I mean, who knows what's happening with the tight ends, but I think, you know, the ideal 11 personnel package doesn't include Jakeem Grant. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I, I mean, he'll certainly see the, the field uh, every now and then, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, I, and I, and I think those two receivers are, are worth uh, developing uh, for, for Cleveland. I think they certainly have the potential that they they've shown what they can do. So uh, yeah, let's, let's get them out there and, uh, and, and do it. 
and again, everyone knows I'm a Packers fan. I despise the Lions. That's maybe why I wanted to save them for the end of the episode. But uh, <laughs> we talked about it. We hinted at it a long time ago. But DJ Chark leaving the Jaguars, signing a one-year, $10 million deal with the Lions. And again, talking about Michael Gallup, the late-season ACL tear versus an early-season ACL tear, Chark probably right. is betting on himself to be ready for week one, produce a good, healthy season, and get that long-term contract. Uh, now, the Lions also re-signed Josh Reynolds, two years, 12 million, but I'd imagine Josh Reynolds, again, like Josh Reynolds is not stopping DJ Chark from catching passes. Right. The truth is DJ Chark might be fourth on the team in receptions though. When you've got Deandre Swift, when you've got the rookie or last year's rookie, Amon Ross St. Brown doing so well, you've got TJ Hawkinson. Like I think Chark falls behind them in the pecking order. Do you agree? Yeah, I I can, uh, I can see that. I mean, I, 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 I hated to see a chart go uh, a great, not, another great guy uh, here, here in the community in Jacksonville, but uh, yeah, just a lot of injury problems. Certainly has the build, has the speed, uh, but yeah, certainly not the greatest of landing spots. If he's trying to land that big contract for next year, uh, you know, only, only being a one year. I mean, there was talk about uh, Jacksonville tagging him as opposed to uh, Cam Robinson. Um but uh, they decided to go with Robinson at the, at the time. So, yeah, I mean, t- tough opportunity to go in there. Of course, uh, with, with golf as well, they are going to be throwing the ball uh, most likely. And, and so there could be some opportunities there, but if everybody, uh, you know, stays healthy, I mean, I, I think uh, finishing fourth in targets, like you said, is uh, going to be on the horizon, which, which is unfortunate for, for, uh, for chart. Cause uh, you know, he's, he's looking to get paid and uh, I, I don't know. He's going to be able to showcase what, he can do uh, this season in Detroit. Yeah. So not necessarily the most excited face. Yeah, I'm, staying, I'm staying away. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. for sure. I think, uh, well, even myself, like I, again, the startup I'm in just now, I took Amon Ross St. Brown at the, I guess the, the end of the sixth round. I think it was the six fourteen. I went on that double turn and then shark didn't go, I think until the ninth or 10th round. And yeah. I still felt fine with Amon Ra. Didn't feel like I was reaching too early. So again, mm-hmm. redraft, maybe it's a little bit of a closer gap, but certainly in Dynasty to see a four-round difference between those two isn't overly shocking. And I think, uh, yeah, kind of a decent value for Chark, I will say, but yeah. doesn't make me think like it's I reached on Amon Ra. So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm certainly happy because I uh, in our Dynasty League, I was thinking about trying to go after Chark and. Uh, you were saying uh, I, I can't remember the guy's name, but uh, is a big LSU oh, fan. Dylan, has, I think Dylan. Yeah, has him, so, right? yeah. so I was like, ah, I don't want to do that to the LSU guy. And uh, but, but but I felt good about it if he was going to stay in Jacksonville. I thought coming back because I mean he had a nice couple couple games with uh, Trevor. Uh, uh, you know, Trevor. I, I want to say found him at least twice in the first uh, three games uh, for, for for a touchdown. And I thought you know built you know building some chemistry, new coach. Uh, that would be uh, be nice. But yeah. That landing spot in Detroit, I'm not not a fan of. Well, hopefully you're a fan of the show. I suppose if you've listened to this far, you, you must be. <laughs> Why else would you listen to us? Uh, but uh, if you are just checking us out for the first time, uh, I do appreciate uh, you uh, follow us on Twitter uh, at FBC underscore Fantasy Pod. Also, co-host individually, you can find and follow us. Brad's at the Rundown underscore BH. I'm at Senra Says. Yep. I'd also appreciate if you download the full press coverage app available for free on Android and iOS stores. Gives you access to all of the great full press coverage content across all the platforms we have. So download the full press coverage app for free today. 
And shout out to PA the second on Twitter at PA underscore II official. He lets us use the song Wallet as our intro and outro music. So appreciate PA for that. I uh, also encourage you to check out his new album, Illa V, available uh, wherever you get your music. So uh, again, thank you, PA the second. And thank you, Brad. I thought this was oh, a really good discussion. Hopefully we uh, caught everyone up. And we missed some free agents. There's tons of names. Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah there's too many names. Too many names. <laughs> Good for business, right? All this business yeah, happening, all, the, all these changes. So, uh, yeah, um, we'll be changing topics soon. Get really wrapping up the draft season. So, uh, I guess right. uh, any final thoughts for our listeners, Brad? Before we get to that, this free agency has been has been absolutely wild. I don't I don't think I don't think we're done with uh, you know some of, some of the surprises. I so uh, more to more to come. Uh, hopefully, uh, some more surprises come. So uh, Kyle and I can uh, you know kind of bounce things off of one another before we get ready for the draft. We're still waiting for that next big NFL trade. Like it's, they're Absolutely. giving us one every week. So what's this week's I trade? I, uh, I guess find out next time on the Full Press Fantasy Pod. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.